Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Plaxus Furnace with me, Robert. With me, Pete. My lap Mo, we out here, full furnace and that. Full furnace, late night edition. It's not that late, it's just nine o'clock. Fam, I've been awake for 20 minutes. <laughs> it's late enough. <laughs> the night is young, England. Anyway, did you guys see Lil Uzi Vert? Yeah, with a 24 million or whatever diamond on his forehead, 2.4 million dollar diamond on his forehead. He got implanted into his forehead. Another person person got a teardrop and he was like, I'm the first rapper to get get a teardrop surgically implanted, like a diamond teardrop. And it's like, you know what, Kevin Stage actually made a response to that. And I'm like, that's actually real. Like, you just told everyone the worth of the diamond on your forehead on the table. You're, if you get robbed, yeah. like, man, they're, 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 they're ripping flesh. Someone's coming to, coming to behead you, bro. Bro. <laughs> yeah. So, bro, 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 that's a real bounty on his head. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. Interesting decisions, but hey. So, so basically, like, if they, when, when they pass away with this thing on their head, yeah, whoever's burying them is getting some some nice inheritance. Take it, take it to the grave. Take it to the grave and lose it there. I'm sure he'll ah. take it out before then. Either that or it'll be in his will who it goes to. Yeah. Nah, but man, nah. Would you take it if someone willed you? The diamond that was surgically implanted onto their forehead. Well, most likely, I wouldn't have to. I wouldn't have to keep it as a diamond. I could just sell it. Well, I guess if you sell it as the diamond that my man implanted into his forehead, it might, you might get more than it's actually worth. Exactly. Because of mm, I hate that. So there's this process where people can turn the ashes into like like diamonds or crystals and stuff. How do you yeah. guys feel about that? Mm. You're dead, isn't it? I don't care. Yeah, fam, that's me. I'm dead. Like, you can, I can donate my organs. I can do all that. I'm dead. Mm. I can that's... donate your organs. I've, I've put my name down as an organ donor when I die. Hmm. It's an, it's, it's an opt. Is it opt out or is it opt in? I think it's opt out. It's opt out, yeah. And then, yeah. I well, think mine was opt in when I did Before it made it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah, I, I've got the card and all of that, which yeah. was a bit morbid when it came through. Um, <laughs> it was all pretty and pink in that, but I was just like, yo, like this is actually telling man that my organs are up for grabs. Um, yeah. Then yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, we thought you were dead. No, nah, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, sorry, not sorry. Cool. I think, I think it's Kid Pete in the hot seat today. Is there... Let's go, let's go. Uh, can I go first? Yeah, do your thing. Cool. Yeah, man, then came ready. <laughs> so my question is like it's it's almost a two pronged question to do with angels and stuff. So Ooh. question part one: um, If God is all holy, how was Satan able to manifest the pride within him to the point that he went and did his madness if he was in God's presence? Surely he would have got wiped out, or the pride would have been wiped out just by being in God's presence. Um, a second part of that question, kind of to do with that, is if 
like a third of the angels got corrupted by Satan um, before like the beginning of the earth and stuff what's to stop angels or any other people getting corrupted after um, the coming of Christ second time and, and like everyone goes to heaven again mm. um, so honestly I, I can't say I've got like fully fleshed out theology on, on either of those questions um, but I have thought about them before the nature of evil and its um, its birth if you will uh, there is a verse in the Bible, I can't remember where, referring to the the snake in the garden um, while talking to some king somewhere in Isaiah, Ezekiel, one of those places. But it, it, it's worded interestingly because it says, iniquity was found in you. Um, and that was referring to the shimmering one or the one that shines, which is the enemy, which is the, the devil. Um, and so... For me, it's it's a it's a um, it's evidence of free will that pride or yeah that that pride was allowed to exist in um, in the devil without being um, smothered. Of course, there's the element of God knowing everything that would happen and the whole saga and and its necessity to demonstrate God's love and grace towards man. But um, I do think there is an element of the devil having free will to be and it being his, you know, God-given um, free, yeah, free will, God-given right to rebel, if that makes sense. And, and and so in in the same way, you know, countries that don't allow a free press um, or don't allow you to say anything, you know, detrimental about the government, you can't say there's freedom there. There isn't, if that makes sense. And so by you know allowing one to 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 choose to disobey to choose to rebel is a demonstration of freedom what's to stop it from happening i, I don't know if we asked this last week but again um or, or maybe not this exact question what's to stop angels from sinning i think it was last week uh but once all is said and done and and um death is destroyed and and you know sin is overcome I think it would just be a matter of God would have removed it and, and we'd be in his presence and be in the fullness of relationship with him that, you know, that wouldn't be the case. And I, I think it's because he knows all things and knows that won't be the case is why that is the ultimate end, if you will, that we, or at least that the Bible presents. And so I, I don't know if, it's not answering the question, it's just a, it's just the fact that as the Bible presents it, that's what eternity is going to look like. Um, us basking in relationship, sharing in our master's joy at the end of all things when death is overcome and sin wears your sting sort of thing. Or is it death wears your sting and sin is overcome? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's just that's, that's how I, th- I think about it. Uh, I'm happy with that. It's a very, it's a very theoretical question. Yeah, yeah. we can't really know. Mm. Yeah, it's as as Peter was talking, I was almost wondering if not. Well, I was almost wondering. Um, in New Jerusalem and everything like that, <clears throat> the people who are found with God are people who, whilst on earth, 
have not only established a relationship with him based on Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, but actually long for that relationship. And so even whilst we were riddled with sin, we were still grieved over that sin and wanted to, like, almost as Paul was saying, oh, wretched man, who like, that, like, um, the sin that I don't want to do, I do, you know, right? Mm. The good things that I want to do, I don't do. And there's that tension and that wrestling. Mm. And once we've been, our bodies have been renewed and we have this glorified body and, like, this natural ten- tendency towards sin is removed. It's like we're almost free to live the life that currently we have intention because we can't live. Yeah. So yeah. I, I was wondering if it was almost a case of, like we will be freed to live the life that we've always wanted to live whilst being a Christian. Mm. And so it wouldn't necessarily be a case of something stopping us from from sinning, but mm. rather we've been liberated to live righteously mm. before God. Um, mm. So yeah, I was, I was wondering about that. And even with the, the, the devil and like him holding such a prominent position, I was reminded again of almost not almost every single person within the Bible outside of Jesus who was put into a prominent position had a sin, had a flaw, had mm-hmm. something wrong. They they made a mistake. And it's almost like proximity with God and being placed onto some sort of a pedestal does not um, mm-hmm. like remove the tendencies to sin almost. Um, it magnifies the impact of that sin um, and I'm wondering if, if there's almost like an indication of like even angels weren't outside of that because the devil mm. like Satan had Lucifer had the highest position um, and he like yeah he had he had a prominence within heaven and then he fell and then we see like uh, Saul uh, Moses we see David, Solomon, like the kings are just on a madness. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm wondering if, if there's like that repeated pattern and we even see it within the angelic bodies as well. But that's, again, that's a theoretical thing and I'm not necessarily placing weight on that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'm happy with... It's, it's not my question. PSA, <laughs> I'm happy... Yeah. I'm happy. Um, my question is more on a practical note um, and I'm, I was happy when Peter said he's going to jump on a sorry, sorry I was happy because I think I need someone in Peter's position who who like has left the church to join another church um, because of certain things but also joining a church in such a prominent position <laughs> Like, my man is one of the founding fathers of the church. All the ones there. Ain't nobody saying all of that, so. Are you a father? Ask your question first. Are you a father? Yeah, of Zara. Exactly. And were you one of the founding members of that church? Yes or no? (laughs) (laughs) All right, so one of the as one of the founding fathers. um, So my question is almost... Um, your process of committing to um, leadership within a church, within a like a place, whatever, like 
what advice would you give or what um yeah what advice or what um guidelines would you give someone who who is exploring um ministry leadership within ministry and finding in terms of like the right context for that to be expressed within it mm. all right so I, I apologize i don't have a polished answer for it but sure, i good. think I think if I'm to talk you through my process and what I thought, it's putting myself in a position to serve God in the best way I I think he wants me to. Um, and, And I say that because we sometimes get it wrong. We sometimes think God wants us to do one thing and find out you know later on down the line that actually he never called us to that and so it's my best approximation of what god wants me to do putting myself in that position to do that and if that involves or that gives me opportunity to serve in a church in a certain capacity doing that and doing it with all intent to do it well because i'm doing it for god and so that then becomes the the basis is are you are you doing what you think God is calling you to do? You know, I, that, that's my advice is, are you doing what you think God is do, calling you to do? And whether or not you are sure, whatever you're doing in faith, you're doing it diligently because you're doing it for God. If that makes sense. It's entirely just down to, you know, I, I think faith doesn't necessarily have to be precise and perfect and um, all of those things. It just has to be faith. I look at like some of the things my my daughter does, like she'll grab a piece of paper, bring it to me. And it could be rubbish. It could be what I'm asking her to do. It could be whatever. But because she's doing it thinking and I see in her eyes that she thinks this is what I want her to do regardless. I I am pleased because she's doing it thinking, thinking that she, she wants to do it for me. You know, and if it's wrong, I put her on the right path and I'm a flawed man and, and, you know, unkind sometimes and proud sometimes and petty a lot of the time how much more god who is perfect and so that's my that's my advice that's the process is whatever you think god is calling you to do do it with all diligence um because you're doing it for god Uh, and in doing that i believe god would steer you right if you're going wrong um or he'll reward you for your service whether that's here or you know when he finally says, well done, good and faithful servant, come and uh, share your master's joy, he will reward us for uh, our, our diligent service of him. So that's, yeah. I like that. I like that. That was mm. helpful. Mm. Amen, Peter. Amen. Yeah. Put some respect on his name. Pastor. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, no. sorry. I'm not pastor. I'm not pastor. The rock on which the church was built. It's not, it's not, it's not me. It's what Peter said about Christ. Huh? Yeah, the rock isn't Peter or what or anyone. The rock was the fact that Christ is the Son of God. That is the rock upon which. No, the, the Jesus said you. Jesus said you will be the rock I build my church on. Is that what he said? You will. You you will be the church. Is that what he said? No, you, you you'll be the rock. He, he he didn't say Peter will be the church. No, he said no. Let's bring up the Bible. Bring the Bible. I'll bring the Bible. Okay, whilst Peter's doing that, let me ask Moses a question. 
Um, it's yeah. not going to take me that long. Well, hurry up then. Matthew sixteen eighteen, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, referring to what you, Peter, have said. This is a play on words that he called him Peter. It was upon this rock. What is the rock? Not Peter, because if the church was built on Peter, well, he's dead. He died upside down on the cross. He's the foundation. He's dead. <laughs> Just because someone's dead doesn't Mad. mean doesn't mean they're not the foundation anymore. Yeah, but if you're if you're the foundation, you're dead. What, 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 upon what foundation is it? The only reason I follow Christ is because he's alive. You follow Christ. No. <laughs> Muhammad is dead. <laughs> Buddha is dead. Peter is dead. But hey, the rock... you're, coming, you're coming with them Shaolin bars. <laughs> He's the actually rock. got a song. He's actually got a song that oh, lists out the gods of different religions, and it's like Muhammad is dead. Is <laughs> dead. Yes. And then he goes, but Jesus is. Weapons. <laughs> Someone wasn't happy. <laughs> no, but no. I, so yeah, I, I don't know why I got hyped about that, but it's not. It's not Peter that is the rock. It's. The, what he said about Christ, that is the walk upon which the church was built. Which is the only thing that uh, can sustain it, really. Not any person, or pastor, or prophets, right reverend, his holiness, eminence, none of that. But it's all good. So it's a sent, sent shots for all the major religions. <laughs> Quick little Bible study right there for him. All right, let's get into today's topic then. So, yeah, I don't know why. What are you going to ask me a question, fam? Huh? Oh, no, the question was about the topic we're talking about today. Okay. Oh, cool. But yeah, let's talk. So, I've been, I've been doing some thinking this week. It's never a good thing. No, I just, I just, I just been contemplating life. <laughs> so, let's ease into it. Let's ease in. It's, it's not a hard topic, but I feel it needs to be eased into it. So, so Moses, I'm, I, I, yeah, I wanted to throw the question to you first because you're like, a, a bit further on in your fatherhood journey and stuff. So, like, what's the game plan when it comes to answering the the the, the question, where do babies come from? Um, first, I'm like, they're a gift from God. Um, <laughs> so, um, it's weird because my eldest daughter who's 12 I haven't had this conversation with her the other conversation I had with her is about boyfriends um, and I think I know that she's been exposed to certain things mm-hmm. um, from, from like general environment and so I know that she is aware of how babies are made um which is like good and bad, mostly bad, but yeah. But in terms of like layer and stuff, I think she she's at that age, and I'm happy about it. She's at that age where she's seen a loving relationship, and she's seen like mother and father raising children, and so she is quite excited about growing up and having a family of her own. Mm. Um. 
and she's very much like when I when I'm older and I get married and I have kids and I'm like yes let's let's keep that trajectory. Mm. um and so i think in her mind she's just currently understood it as oh like kids come in marriage Mm. um i'm not quite sure they do become it so become it (laughs) 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 i'm not quite sure how i would have that conversation um but I think I, I I will be having I will be having like the sex ed conversation with her, with all of my children apart from the eldest one, um, at a fairly young age, so potentially about like seven eight, mm. um, and I think I would I would introduce it there. Oh, Peter, what's your game plan? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's. Well, what I'm praying for is that I know when she's able to process the information. Because at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to for me is um, recognizing when she's able to process the information and providing it for her. So it's it's still early days for me yet. Yeah, she's, she's not even two. But it's the plan is in the capacity in which she understands it, present it. Now, of course, there's going to be other elements to that like when it starts getting introduced at school because they'll only ever produce they'll only ever provide like a scientific outlook you know like it used to be that they were like oh yeah um two people get married or something like that but now that's not even going to be part of what they're presenting they're just going to present the there's a sperm that leaves the male and it goes into the egg and a female during sex and then they have a child or you know there's fertilization which is all fair and well that's what happens practically but there's so much more involved and so at that point or by that point I would have needed to already sort of given her the other parts that also should be taken into consideration the necessity of a loving family to you know provide a, a good environment to nurture that child the um the elements of the child being a gift from god being a responsibility bestowed upon the parents by god to um to raise a contributing member of society uh, and, and all of that so yeah that's that's sort of the game plan i can't say i have a fully fleshed out one just yet give me give me a couple years yeah i think just just jumping in after peter again i think um like even in me approaching the the topic i don't think i even approach it specifically from the perspective of babies i think i'll approach it from the topic of sex Mm. and recognizing that sex is a natural part of being human but there is an intended context for that biblically and recognizing that as she grows up, society will throw it, as all of my children throw up, grow up, society will throw it at them, left, right, center, different forms and different to different degrees. And yeah, something that they will have to learn how to navigate. Um, but this is the context in which we are standing in that it needs to flesh out from. And I'm, and I'm almost in the position where I can be like, I didn't adhere to this context partly because I wasn't Christian initially. Um, but because I didn't adhere to this context, you like you, you can almost see its implications throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like 
my eldest daughter is not like she wasn't planned, but she's a gift from God. But still mapping out like the things that both myself and her mum have gone through mm. because of the context in which she was conceived. And it's like there's not it's not like we if I if I could redo things, I would like get rid of like that's that's not in the question. But it's like if you can avoid this situation, avoid it. Mm. Because it isn't it isn't straightforward. It isn't all like roses and stuff. Mm. And so it's very much like this like yeah. And so I'll be very much approaching the conversation not just from babies, but from sex. And like trying to just install a healthy approach to sex and be like, this is the context in which it needs to be enjoyed. Mm. It is something to be enjoyed. It isn't dirty. It isn't nasty. It's something to be enjoyed. And just and I even start like talking about porn and stuff like that from from that age. Because like yeah, working in schools, kids are coming in year seven already exposed to it. Like they're just mm. watching cartoons. Yeah, it's so accessible now. So, yeah. And so, yeah, it's just like I know that from a very young age they're being exposed to it. So I'll be like very much like porn is not real. It's not It's not what you're going to experience. Mm. Um, like it's, it's just not going to happen. How do you feel about the highly suggestive nature of like anime and stuff? It's, it's interesting because I think, well, I, I say so. I, I tend to be of the bias that as kids you sort of pick up what you need to pick up. Like I look at all these like um what 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 these songs Michael Jackson and Bad you know and so many different things that I listened to and watched as a kid and never never picked up on certain things until you grow up later on and you're like show me how what you know it's like you 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 sort of a lot of those things you you only pick up because you've already been you know you you you've already grown and been exposed to stuff however. I do think, you know, I I speak maybe from a biased perspective because some of these anime do be very, very suggestive. Very, very suggestive. And I think it, it would be a matter of just being mindful of what they consume, but not being too overly, like, overly censoring stuff because I think a lot of the stuff goes over, over kids' heads, thankfully. So, um, what was it? Was it... Um, this um well you guys talked about it uh the song with um that cardi b um and the other girl well like uh, italian what yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like they're, they're kids that sing it you know some kids sing and i i don't think they have a full appreciation of what's going on but you know if there was a music video they would yeah but, but in all fairness even when i was a kid I was listening to like um, mystical shake the ass and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And the meaning was just going right over my head. Yeah. So like, many R and B songs that you know you listen bro. to even in even in secondary school, and it's like yeah. even Cisco, I used to drag it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> bro. Even even Missy Elliott, One Minute Man. Yeah, like, yeah. I used to, I used yeah. to, I used to, I used to go through the whole thing. It was mad. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And then now I'm li- I'm listening back and I'm like oh oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. and like I didn't I I literally did not like realize until either early this year earlier on this year that um tweet song oh my was about masturbation 
I don't think I know this song you're talking about. Bro, she's talking about, uh, I looked in the mirror, I looked so good, I had to touch myself. And then, I like, I saw the video, I just thought, like, she, she was just, like, hugging herself and that. And I just, I, I listened to it, and I was just like, oh, oh well, damn. Well, luckily, I think innocence can act as a filter yes. and stop certain things coming through. But at the same time, it's easily lost. So, there you go. All right, that was the lube. Let's get into the real conversation. Man said the lube. It's the lube, you know, a little, little bit of foreplay. Yeah, but yeah, so so we we talked a bit about look at his face. Yeah, don't 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 be referencing foreplay when you're talking to two other guys, and one person's eating a lot. <laughs> so, fam, if 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 you're, if you're securing in your masculinity, it's fine to talk about anything. No, that's not true. That's just it not is. true. No, it is. Just, Moses, what do you think? It's not an attack on it's not an attack on sexuality it's just like don't assault my ears with certain things shut up here <laughs> anyway so we talked a bit about the where and the how babies come but this week I've, I've been really thinking about the why mm. as in like why do you like why or why or how do people come to the mm. decision that they want to have a child. Yeah. And I have, I have a thinking, like, and, like, especially as guys, like, we're not, like, like, we know that, oh, you get married, have kids. But I don't think we've ever, we, 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 we ever get taught to think about why we want children. It's almost like, same way we're taught, do, do A-levels, go to university, get a job. It's, it's, it's almost like the expected thing to do. And I've been thinking, like, why do people want to, like, 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 why, or, or like, what's the reason people want to have children? Is it just because that is what they're expected to do? Mm. Or, or like, have they really, really thought about why they want to have kids? And that's what I've been thinking about this week. Let me throw a curveball in there. What, what, what conclusions have you come to? Um, I think for me, well, I think everyone has will have their own personal reasons. I think the conclusion I came to is that um, for me, it's almost like the conclusion of I, I don't want to say like not the story, maybe like a chapter or a stanza in the whole um, marriage thing. In that, you know, you find the person you want to be with, you get married, you do, you have sex, and then out, out of, out of this beautiful union that you have, new life is born, and so it, it's almost like a culmination of, of your dedication to one another, mm. and so that's where, and that's where I'm, I, I am at with it at the moment. So I think, but, and, and I think, yeah. I'm just, I, I, and I think, and I'm just like. But is that enough of a reason? <laughs> mm. To like bring a whole child because, because because like no child asks to be born to this world. It's right. like the decision of like the parent that no, you are coming mm. <laughs> after I'm coming. <laughs> That's the second uh, arrival joke you've made. <laughs> yeah, they keep getting better. <laughs> and they keep coming. Yeah, second coming. <laughs> God I think you guys. I think do you know what yeah I was before before Leia 
I was I was kind of mulling over something similar, and I was like, having kids is actually like really selfish on the parents' part. Like intentionally going up to have a kid is really selfish on the parents' part, because it's like you have lived and you understand how painful living can be, and it's almost like you want to add, you want to bring somebody else into this. It's mad. But, and also it's, it's like, I want to love some, uh, like it's almost, I have love to give to another being. Hopefully that will be your intention and you actually plan to get married or not to be able to get benefits and stuff. Um, but it, it's almost like, do you want to, yeah, there, there's almost some, some need to extend yourself to some degree. Um, which culminates in in the um, in having a child, but I think there are there are a few things that come to mind where God in multiple times commands us to to multiply, be fruitful. It's almost ingrained into our nature, into the way that we are wired, created to to be fruitful and to multiply, um, and to then propagate what God has given us to hand it over to somebody else. And so whenever God is almost introducing himself, as Peter has rightly said in another podcast, there's almost like a generational presentation of God, where it's like, I will I will be your God and the God of your sons and your son's sons. There's almost like a generational presentation of God, um, which almost insinuates that you guys will be... Um, will be like progressing and like having children and, and furthering the cause um so would you then say that it's it's like an offense to to the to decide that even if you're married you're not, you don't want children or that you only want like one child as opposed to having like three or four or five i wouldn't necessarily say i wouldn't necessarily say that i think i was on the um i wouldn't necessarily say that i think situations have changed like in saying that it's 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 offensive to not have children it's almost like then was paul offensive by not choosing to get married and have children or is it limited to just if you get married then you should have children um i'm i'm asking you robert um I think with Paul it's different because he chose to live a life of celibacy. But then I chose to live a life of not having children. But then, but then if we're going by what you said about it being, or what you said about what Peter said about children being like a like a generational a generational metaphor about mm-hmm. um, our relationship with God, then if you don't do the met- if you, if you don't complete complete the metaphor, are you like misrepresenting God or not representing God as well as you could? Yeah, and what I said is, even if P, even if Paul chose not to get married, if we're if we're holding each other to to the letter of that commandment, then it's almost like then Paul transgressed that as well by choosing not to get married. Hmm. I know P, I could see Peter's eyebrow raised because it's like if well, if there if there was a requirement to have offspring. And then Paul intentionally said, I am going to be single. Then he has gone directly against that. 
But then I guess I'll counter with like Paul is just following in Jesus's footsteps because Jesus didn't have children himself. But Jesus being the son of God, God incarnate, came down for a very specific, uh, specific and particular reason. And so in Jesus, so it's like Jesus didn't have any physical children, but we are now all born again through him. And, and, the same, back, and, and in the same way that people who Paul brought up like in faith, like Timothy, those could, could, could be said to be his spiritual children. No, because um, even, even if they could be said to be his spiritual children, all the other apostles had wives. Did they? And all of them? All of, pretty much all of them. Peter had a wife. Jo- hey, hey, there's there's a difference between all of them and pretty much all of them. Do you know what? I, I can't say, I can't say <laughs> for sure that. At the very one. least, at the very least, it was it was a prerequisite to become an L, um, a deacon. Uh, yeah. So yeah. part of the leadership was to be a man of one wife. Yeah. And and household. And yeah, and it, and it was understood to be like with your children. Like you run in your household and like being a good governor over your children, and so that there was that notion there. Um, but I, I guess this this is this is like very nuanced, and there's almost different inferences and stuff. I I for me personally, I have recognized a desire to have a family from when I was young, and it was weird. It was like I've, I've always wanted to have a family unit. Um, and I feel I feel as though I, I have been wired for that. And part of my part of what I feel I've been called to is to almost display and to help shape fathers and shape men um, or husbands and fathers. And I feel like that's what I have been wired to do from young. And so I see as having children has very much been folded into who I am. Um, and for me, that, that I'm learning that that is good enough to trust God, that like, this is what you called me to do. Mm. And so I don't necessarily have to pick it apart. I can if I want to, um, but I am content just being like, no, God, this is what you called me to do. And my convictions bear witness to this. And so I am happy to just follow in faith and, yeah, as Peter was saying in terms of like going to a church and stuff like that, just leading in faith, you will make mistakes. Stuff like will happen that shouldn't have happened and stuff, but continuing to just follow God. So yeah, I think for me that that's what it fundamentally boils down to. For me personally, I can almost like extrapolate different things from the Bible and like try to make it generic, but also recognize that Peter said and uh, John's. Um, Jesus said it himself that some, when asked about divorce, he said some have made themselves eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom, which would mean they are not going to get married. Some have been made eunuchs by by men, um, and it's there's like, but he's like for those who God have given has given this desire to let them live it out almost. Um, and so I recognise that uniqueness within individual cases. Um, so for me, I, I feel like I've been wired for this, mm. wired to, to raise children. Oh. Yeah. So I, I, two cents in Peter. Well, so I find it interesting. There's <laughs> there's an element of what I what I think led sort of the tribal back 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 whenever you know back back in the day, back in 
in history and there was this tribal mentality um, that meant whoever the patriarch was whatever he had to bring to the community whatever he had to give to the world was so great it wouldn't it wouldn't be sufficient for just him to bring it and thus he had to create kids that would carry on that legacy <laughs> and carry on delivering whatever he delivered to 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 the world and so you know the descendants of for instance i think it's Tubal Cain or something that were blacksmiths you know that became their thing you know whoever the patriarch was he was good at working with metal and thus his entire line you know sort of carried that on um and so that's that's to some extent how i see it um or, or to some extent influenced my wanting to have kids was whatever God's deposited in me um, once I leave should be able to carry on. And, uh, you know, the the people that I'll be able to instill that in would be my kids, hopefully, with God's help, would be able to instill in them whatever God has in me that theirs for them to, you know, carry on and, and then live out for God and, and then deliver to their kids as well. So do you think sort of. that, do you think that you're living out what, God put in your parents <laughs> to some extent yes. I was gonna ask that, was gonna <laughs> ask that. <laughs> to some extent yes to some extent definitely because uh, and and that's where I guess the human um human infirmity and the grace of God come in so that you know in certain areas there are filters of things that have been removed from my parents or from their parents that's you know, luckily, I say luckily that by God's grace, I haven't picked up. But there's also things that I have that, you know, that, that I don't need. But in, in, a, in a large part, I see, especially now, I see my dad or I see my mum in certain areas of my life. Um, and whether that was intentional on their part or not, that's going to carry on. And that legacy is going to carry on through me to Z. It, it's interesting because even in... Um, now that I don't live at home and I see my brother and my sister much less, there are instances where like we come together or now maybe not so much, but there have been instances where I see us do the same sort of thing. And it's like, ah, I see that's from dad in all of us or that's from mum in all of us. And I see the same thing with Anita and her sister where there are elements of, you know, I don't know them longer than they've known themselves, but I'll see things like that their mum will do, and I see that through them, and it's it's like it's it ends up being a legacy that gets passed along, whether intentional or not. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that we we have kids is to carry on that legacy, or at least that I think that's part of the reason we should have kids is to is to carry on the legacy, uh, and hopefully we have a legacy too give for a legacy to carry on sort of thing but yeah that's i don't know as i say it almost sounds arrogant in my ears but i don't mean it as such you know like i'm god's gift to the world or anything but like yeah <laughs> of course you are <laughs> bro bro like Pia, like it's, it's not arrogant you actually are god's gift to the world yeah well if you say it when you say bro, it like, like no because like facts you are like every single one of us is God's gift to the world, and the world is God's gift to us. Mm. 
And so if we're living in a community, then, hey, it's, you know, that, it's starting to sound a bit hillsongy, man. Hey, well, come on. <laughs> and when I say when I say the world is God's gift to us, I'm not necessarily saying like, like no, 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 dollar, I'm, I'm go get that gem. But it's no, just like if if community, if God has wired us for community, then God has deposited something unique in every single one of us for the community that is placed to sin. And then He's given the community something unique to like to draw out stuff within us. Yeah. There are unique gaps and stuff within the places that God has put us and unique gaps within us, within the places that God has put us. And so we're a gift unto them and they're, they're a gift unto us. Mm-hmm. Um, You're the answer to someone's question, Peter. Sorry? You're the answer to someone's question. Or few people's question. He was the answer to Anita's question. <laughs> you know, like that. He wants me the answer to God, why is there evil in the world? <laughs> <laughs> That's the answer. <laughs> right and then P- Peter's face comes up. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's and I, I find I find it very interesting. And this this is a slight tangent with Peter mentioning like like almost like a generational hand me down. Mm. Um, in thinking through um, like God saying the sins of the fathers will be repaid onto the children. Mm. Um, which can almost sound a bit contradictory when it's like the sons won't be punished for the father's sins, mm. but almost, but in like in context, almost recognizing that it's when the sons perpetuate the sins of the fathers, then it's yeah. almost like compound punishment because you it's like you you recognize that this was evil, but you continued it, and so you're almost getting double portion. Mm. But it reminds me of the, um, I think I think it's more so like the Pentecostal slash charismatic understanding of like generational curses and like generational blessings and stuff where it's just like it's almost like your your great great grandfather was in the occult and so there's there's like some lineage that is following you man and then like it just yeah it gets sticky um because i have been thinking about that a lot especially with my father being muslim and my father's whole perception was i just want to hand down the faith to my children mm. and I think pretty much all of us have like gone to Christianity and so that that has hit him hard um and so that really challenges me as to what is it that I want to pass on what what sort of legacy would I want to have and if my children were to totally abandon that legacy mm. would I abandon them um, yeah, that was yeah that was the, the, that was the question I wanted to ask. Like, like like you said, it's it's like kind of it's kind of a selfish desire to want to bring children into the world. Um, so then, like, how much? So is it, it, it then almost almost not our right to want them to do what or want them to become what we want them to become, and not allow them to be their own person? seeing as we, they didn't really have a say whether they came here in the first place. Well, I think there's a difference between wanting... So, on the other... On, on, the, on the parent side of it, there's a difference between wanting the child to be the best at something and wanting the child to be the best version of themselves at something <clears throat> or, or the best version of who they are and who they're meant to be. And I think that's where the distinction is, is when I when when I talk about like a legacy that or something that God's given to me um that needs to be carried on through them, there are elements of that that I believe are for them. 
and that they will take and they will go further. You know, the the whole I can only stand as tall as to stand on the should I stand on the shoulders of giants or something like that. There's elements that only they will bring and and that is is unique to who they are that also needs to be carried on. And so I think the yes, there's a selfishness to wanting to bring kids into the world, but then there's also a selflessness in wanting them to excel at whatever it is that they need to excel at. Mm. Not necessarily what you want them to excel at, but mm. you just want them to be the best version of who they are um, and, and sort of support them and, and, and encourage them. And which is why um, most question is so um, striking that, you know, if they should abandon your ideal for them, you know, dare I say, um, Mo's dad's ideal for him wasn't the best, <laughs> um, would you still support them? Because, you know, luckily they might go down a better route than you mm. have for them, as Mo has. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's techie. It's, mm. it's very techie. It, it, it's, um, it's like, so I think, um, a few quotes and and that again, yeah. <laughs> a few different quotes and stuff come to mind. And um obviously Proverbs speaks about children being a quiver, um, mm-hmm. like bowls and stuff, but also um Khalil Gibran, the prophet, speaks about He's, um I've been thinking about that book the whole time we've been talking. Bro, yeah. um he speaks about um your children aren't yours. Mm. Your children are the manifestation of life calling out for itself. Mm. And you can't give your your child um, your thoughts, but you can listen to theirs. And you can't, they can't live their life backwards. You can only help them live their life forward. And he says, like, your children are the bows that are being shot, are, are the arrows that, and you're the bow. And mm. life is pulling you back to shoot your children forward. Mm. And it's like, how how you respond to life pulling you back will determine how far your children are able to go forward. And so there's there's this recognition of it's almost like building a foundation for your children to then go on and make something up for themselves. Um, and the reason I, the reason I'm using those two images is that the image from Kilodi but really lines up with what um, Solomon said in that they're like, you've got a quiver full of bows and the bows are, are your children. And so it lines up with that image imagery from, from the prophet. And it's very much seen as like, in as much as I want to hand down fundamentally my faith, the same way that my dad wanted to hand, hand down his faith, uh, my conviction currently is the best way that I can hand down my faith is to try to show my children that God loves them irrespective of whatever decision they take. And the best way that I can do that is to love them irrespective of whatever decision they take. And so even if they're to disown me and to like do a madness and blah, 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 to still love them and still show them something of that, that almost like that prodigal God sort of love. And it's just like, like we denied Jesus, but yet he still died for us while we were yet dead in sin. Like there was nothing that we can contribute. Jesus died for us. And now that he has died for us, what shall separate us from the love of God? And it's trying to demonstrate something of that. And so even if my children want to be like, Bundes, I'm going to Islam. I know that my parents would be happy about that. I don't be gassed. I won't be. 
<laughs> but the reality is I will still love them. Um, and that's why even when we had the conversations about if your child was to like become a homosexual or whatever, how up like bro, I will still I will still like hopefully they will know whatever my stance is or was or whatever on that. Mm. But my my approach to them will not change. Mm. Simply because I feel like the legacy that I want to leave with them is that God loves them. And my hope for them is to build an intimacy with God in which they can experience that. Mm. And however they live that out, I'm happy. So yeah, it's it's almost flipping. So yeah, I, I agree. I agree with what Peter said in terms of bringing the child into into um, echoing what I said, and that it's selfish to bring a child out. But then once the child is out, it, it really becomes like a selfless thing, mm. where it's almost like turning the love outward to be like, all right, this it's it's about you, whoever you grow up to be, with the quirks and blah 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 that I may not necessarily agree with. I'm still going to love you through this. Um, yeah, so for me, that that's that's what legacy would be. Uh, my desire would be get to know God and have an intimate relationship. But I think my charge isn't necessarily to to get them to that place, but to show them something of the love of God, and be intentional about saying, "I may get it right, I may get it wrong. God never gets it wrong. Like He is perfect." Amen. I think that'll be a nice place to end up. Um, you, 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 you said some nice stuff there. Hold on, hold on. Let's, I see Father here just you all. Wow, it's been a long road. Hey. You know what, yeah? I feel like the secret to making sure your kids don't turn Muslim, just make sure you give them some, give, give, give them good bacon. And then they will... <laughs> That's so offensive. And then they want to give up. <laughs> So and if they do give it up, then you know that. Oops, it wasn't the right. Oh, I should have gone for the honey glazed one. My man, I failed as a father. <laughs> so many vegans upset right now. What's um, is if your children turned out to be vegans, you failed as a parent anyway. <laughs> to be honest. Oh, and you know, what, you know, so not because they're vegans, but because they're vegans. You know, like vegans have this attitude about them that dude, they feel like they're dude, so much dude, better than like, everyone else. It's okay, it's okay. Let's go into her house. You're about to get cancelled by the vegan community. Them man go hard, you know. Them man is <laughs> standing outside of McDonald's with placards, like doing links and chains and stuff, preventing man from getting. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not adding to this. I'm, I'm adding to the wrong side of this conversation. i <laughs> Did you see that thing where um, I think it was Peter, um, uh, the the like, animal rights group, and they were and they were feeding they were, they were like giving people samples of of milk, and then they're like, oh, by the way, this this is this is dog's milk. Oh no, I didn't see what? <laughs> what? Oh damn! <laughs> Trying to prove the point. Well, if 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 you find dog's milk disgusting, why do you feel cow's milk disgusting? But you know what. Yeah, it's a bit much. Do you know what? Yeah, it's just this conversation has just turned. But, it's um, gone. It's gone. We, we we were going to end on a very nice note, but then you went down a different route, and then it's it's just unravelled. Um, I was I was in a theology lecture, and the theology teacher was um, 
the lecturer was talking about, he saw on a bus, um, there was a picture of a sheep and then the sheep had a name and they were like, ah, oh, um, this is Brian, randomly. Mm. Brian is a person. Let's treat him like a person. And then he was like, I sat there looking at the thing and I was like, no, no, <laughs> Brian is not a person. Brian does not have human rights. We can't trial Brian in a court of law. He is not a person. <laughs> I was like, rock. He's a t-shirt and, and mutton. <laughs> Man so. was picking this apart, but yeah. I remember there was this one story about these like Nigerian policemen who like arrested this goat because they thought it was one criminal that <laughs> that transformed into a goat to, Come on. to run away. Come on. <laughs> it's Nigeria. It's not even that far fetched. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, hook up, hook up, hook up. Hey, nah, 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 nah. I got a job this year. A Nigerian told me this job, but this one guy was dating a Nigerian girl and like the girl was moving mad, so it was like, all right, cool, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna dead it. And he was gonna dead it for a text. And then, as he was typing out the text, a pigeon flies into his room and explodes. <laughs> and, and then he gets a text from the girl, are you sure? <laughs> Change your mind real quick. Can I go first for hookups? You can. So I don't. I don't think we've hooked this up, but uh, just want people to know, One Division has started, uh, and is dope, like fully dope. So yeah, check it out, One Division on uh, Disney Plus. Yeah, it's. I don't know how many uh, episodes it'll be, but it is going to directly relate to Spider Man Three. Doctor Strange 2 and potentially introduce the mutants into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, you know, I feel like Marvel's done, you know, or like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What? Like, I'm not excited the way I was for like this whole phase that's just finished. Maybe, maybe the novelty has worn off for you, but I'm, I'm very hyped about what's coming. Uh, from, from one division, I'm very hyped. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, Robert, Robert, Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, like they were such a staple in the in Whoa. the universe. Yeah, but you can't tie, it. and I think they've done well to not tie it onto people. Otherwise, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think they because have. like yeah. with with them gone, like who is like that strong lead that can like be the leader what, of the Wonder Avengers? Wonder Maximoff. Wonder Oh, who's who who could lead the Avengers? You're asking. Yeah. Or, or yeah, like be like a flagship just, person. Mm, but it wasn't just like about them person. though. It wasn't just about them. It wasn't just. It was, I don't know. I, it I, wasn't. I, but like they were the flagship. They were. They were. They were like the iPhone. No, no, not the iPhone. The Samsung. Um, S twenty. I, I I get what you mean. I get what you mean. But I think they can take it in a different. Man, try to send for iPhone. You know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, wait, wait. What am I saying? You still got you still got L Jackson who's going to be doing his thing, and they've expanded it beyond you know just the Earth. Now you know you got sword and and you know space and and you know Thor's going to be out there with Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, I I think I think I, I I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'm still excited. I'm still excited for what's what's coming. You've got you've got your Benedict Cumberbatch who's always going to put in like super cool performances. There's places to go. I'm excited for Spider-Man. 
um, I don't know what Tom Holland's going to do. They're, they're going to do some sort of multiverse thing. I, I don't know. See, I, think... I don't like that. I don't like that. I've, I feel like if your character is strong, you wouldn't need to bring back all the different Spider-Mans from, from the past. No, but it's not about that. He's held he's held down two good, great movies so far. No, nah, three great well, movies so far. I wouldn't call them great. Yeah, I he, he, he wasn't the best. I, I, I feel like Andrew Garfield was, was the best Spider-Man. Yeah, he was. Andrew Garfield was the best Peter Parker. Definitely. I, I, I just think I just think I don't know so for me uh, my thing is these things are created and I, I think the storytellers that they're allowing to do their thing are so good that it's just you know I, I'm, I'm here for it I'm here to enjoy I couldn't be a film critic because I go into films to enjoy them and so I don't know yeah I, I, I think it's I think it's dope I think what they're doing is dope and, and will you not watch it when it comes out I will, but I, but I won't be rushing for like for, for like the first day things like I was for all the other movies. Yeah, I never was doing all of that. So I was Avengers. I was there at midnight for the showing. Aven- I... Endgame. I was there for the midnight showing. Nah. nah Spider Man Three. Nah. I might leave it a week or two. <laughs> I've never been about that life. I, I am enjoying it. Black That's Widow. I'm waiting for the DVD for that one. Yeah, but they're waiting for the DVD for that one. Yeah, and plus it doesn't make sense. Why did they wait until she was dead before they gave her a movie? That's so disrespectful. Yeah, well, yeah. so disrespectful. And in that movie, they're going to introduce some others that are going to take up, take her, take up um, her role, her mantle. Bruv, one black widow is enough. She's not that interested in that. That, that we need to <laughs> take two. You know, my hookup is one division. Go watch it. That's it. <laughs> Cool. So my hookup is a YouTube channel, um, and your leisure. It oh, yeah. is an um, an investing YouTube channel, um, run by these these two black guys. Which, which, like I think it's really dope that you, you have like black people that know know what they're talking about when when it comes to investing and like are like really want the black community to get better when it, when it comes to putting it make making the money work for them as opposed to working for the money and stuff mm. and yeah so and so they, they they like have different interviews of like different celebrities or people different investors they had mark cuban and and has celebrities come to talk about how they leverage their like pop, unpopularity to to expand their wealth and stuff and then every monday they like talk about like stocks that they think will be the next big thing so yeah, and, and like one of the things they said you should invest in is water, because apparently in a few years, <laughs> in a few years time, price of water will be going through the roof. So better buy what's is cheap now. That's morbid. <laughs> if it makes you millionaire though, I I ain't mad, I ain't mad. But yeah, earn your leisure. That's mad. Um, so. My hookup is a cartoon, but the reason I'm hooking up, um, my hookup isn't particularly the cartoon, but it's the reason I'm watching this cartoon. Um, so my hookup is Pokemon Moon and Sun on Netflix. Sun and Moon. Let's Sun hear this. Moon. Let's, Let's hear this. Sun and Moon. But the reason I'm hooking it up is because like Leia's really into it, and that's become like our bonding time. Mm. So like after school, 
you sit down and watch some like Pokemon episodes and she proper like comes to me and sits on my lap and proper like cuddles me and like moves my hand to like cuddle her and it's it's like a proper little bonding time so yeah I'm recommending the cartoon but more so just like the reason why we're just like spending time with Leia where it's just me and her watching something together um, are you going to get her on the games? Oh, she she's been she's been watching she's been watching me play. Um, <laughs> sort of, um, it's, it's it's a bit of a madness trying to get trying to get on it. She she's just she obviously she's playing Little Dragons Cafe. Once she gets more familiar with the controls and stuff, she she's still not used to moving both joysticks at the same time. Mm. So she literally just moves the one and like the angle, the viewing angle is just askew and it jars me. So I sometimes have to like just leave the room while she's playing it. But um, once she gets used to moving both joysticks at the same time, I'm going to start bringing her in. But yeah, she every time she sees Pokemon on the TV now, she just gets excited. Daddy! It's like, yes. And like we've been running the Who's That Pokemon quiz as well. So every time it's like, who's that Pokemon? Daddy, who's that Pokemon? And yeah, I've been, I'm surprised as to how many I'm actually getting. But yeah, it's it's been a really nice bonding time for the two of us to be able to just have something that is just me and her that do because Noah's not really interested well he's getting interested into it now but predominantly it's just me and her watching it and being together so yeah spending time with family finding something that you and um your children can do together um that you both enjoy not just tolerating a tea party for the sake of it but like you, you both enjoy it um yeah that's that's my hookup so Very nice. what I mean Very nice. Pokemon guy catch him. Oh, yo, when that for sure first came out like over 20 years ago, oh my oh. days. Do you know what? Yeah. Never watched it. We've just gotten to you're a hater, that's why. We've just gotten to the ultra um ultra Star series or ultra Star, like the second season, yeah. Mm. And the theme song reminds me of TLC. Like it's pro- it's got a, like a proper RB vibe. Proper RB vibe. I think the best Pokemon song was the We all live in a Pokemon world game. Yo, that one was sick. Anyway, I don't heard that one. But yeah. Yo, that was like that was like the second one. I want to take the autumn step, the courage to be a Pokemon. Just get out and not forget the lessons that. Random, I random question. Random question. Do either of you check out uh like old Naruto songs and stuff like that? Like no old anime songs. Like just listen to them. Uh, uh, yeah, no. every now and Not again, anymore. I'll have like an OST or, or like an opening, ending. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Like SoundCloud playlist. Or yeah, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Yeah, I I think because I did a lot of stuff, watched a lot of um, anime and stuff on Netflix, I've missed out on the soundtracks mm. because it just kept cutting them. So I, I think I've missed I've missed that. So even now. I'm, I'm very intentional about rewinding it to the very beginning to allow Leia to listen to the intro. And then you see her just sitting on me dancing. It's dope. Yeah. I remember I was watching like some, 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 some old clips from like Naruto. Yeah. And then I was watching like Gara versus Rock Lee, which mm. I think is like one of the top five fights in, in, in Naruto. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and like some of the comments were so funny. They were like, you know, Naruto went from, you know, ninja tactics to <laughs> laser to trail planets. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Cool. Naruto was actually good 
I keep um, going back to Bleach when Ichigo first got his Bankai against Aizen. And then the guitar, the guitar, the guitar riff. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, but one. <laughs> that song was such a bagger. It was in English. It was just like randomly in English. <laughs> hey, that, that, yo. Anime has some sick songs, you know. They do. This is what I'm saying. Do you know what? It's mad, yeah. Me, me, and my um, old manager from from church. Even till now, every time that we're talking, when like the conversation gets serious, one of us just says "bun," cry. (laughs) (laughs) It's mad. Just random, randomly just hear "bun" cry in the conversation. It's nuts. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, let's round up. Um, shout out to Food for the intro, outro music, amazing logo, SoundCloud. No, SoundCloud.com for that class to look furnace. All good podcast websites, apps. That's first one apostrophe. Shame my, my, my words are gone. Um, email address tbsfurnace.com, Twitter at tbsfurnace, Instagram tbsfurnace. It's everything. The Furnace UK. What's that? Isn't that our Instagram? Isn't it The Furnace UK? What's TBS Furnace? No, that's Twitter. Oh, that's Twitter. Oh, yeah, Furnace UK. Yeah, Furnace UK. Guys, subscribe. And if you're not subscribed, find a way to it. Facts. It's late. It's late, fam. Huh? Fam, we're trying to get sponsored out here this 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 year. Fam, we're trying to rush that peeve. Trying to get all the, the the royalties and the dividends, PRS checks. Alright guys. <laughs> <laughs> cool, this is the Lexus Furnace signing out. <laughs> <Blow>. <laughs>